0: Love, Bath, Love Talk. I like that music, Harry. That music was pretty banging. I was, I'm feeling that. Who is that? I like that. It was nice. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to Love, Bath, Love Talk. It's weekend E. It's Thursday. Oh, it's a lot going on. So if you're around uh, tonight, come to the New Haven Museum. Um, get a ticket. Come to the uh, New Haven Docks Gala. We're screening Black Barbie. It's the documentary on on uh, the makings and the beginnings of the Black Barbie. And I am going to be in a conversation with the director. I'm excited about this. So uh, so if you're around, show up. Uh, buy yourself a ticket and uh, come and support this wonderful film, this documentary. So I hope everybody's good. Uh, yesterday, we had a quite successful and illuminating uh, New Haven re- the uh, Independent Reviewers meetup at known co-working space, which which has come a long way and looks really, really good. Uh, so we brought in some folks. Well we Paul Bass brought in some folks um from Tulsa and LA and New York and uh Oakland and all points in between to talk about the uh the the launch the the independent reviewers uh collab and, uh, and it was really good it was really 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 good and the panel was so you know I, I love a panel that can handle handle themselves. Do you know what I mean like can handle themselves and 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 two folks or three folks all of them were from New Haven uh it was just it was just a wonderful rich conversation uh, well done so so high five uh Stacy Gillette and myself, Paul bassett. Uh, And then we went to bar for pizza. Let me tell you something. Bar vegan pizza sucks. They used to have vegan cheese pizza. I don't know what happened. They used to have vegan cheese pizza. Because when the Long Wharf Theater hosted their event uh, back in the back room, they had all kinds of vegan cheese pizza. Vegan cheese pizza. I had it. And it was good. So I I don't know why they doing this or whatever they're doing now with no vegan cheese. It's not like you can't find vegan cheese. So that is my criticism. <laughs> that is my artistic criticism of bar. But the beer was cold. And then we walked over to Long Wharf Theater, uh, the, the uh, reviewers and I, and uh, all of us, and saw uh, I Wish You Were Here, which was, uh, I don't know if you could time this even better. It's a, is a Iranian play about uh, three three Iranian friends, three Muslim and one Jewish women women uh, friends who, through the turn of events in Iran, um, you see their lives unfold a little bit, and how friendships are never really uh, uh, undone. So that was good last night. Um, so it was good. We had a good time. Harry Drozd even showed up to know. Which I was really. Uh, uh, I was really freaking out. Who has COVID? Tom who? Breen? That's not good. He won't be able to. He just got back from uh, a wedding. um oh. Who has COVID, um, Harry? Oh, Sticks, Bones? Oh, that was Sticks, Bones, and Fearless the music. Yeah, let's play their music more. That music is good. I was feeling that. Uh, so, yeah, so it's a lot going on. So let me tell you what's happening, and then I'll jump into whatever it is I talk about. My left foot hurts. Periodically, my left foot Sometimes my foot hurts. I don't know what this is. It's just the top of the foot. And I think maybe because sometimes I'll wear the same shoe too many times in a row. I think that's what I noticed. Oh, okay. Well, it's announced. Feel better. (laughs) So, uh, feel better. Sorry. When you t- when you post stuff, Harry, put the shh in front of it so I don't say it out loud. Otherwise, <laughs> how am I gonna know? <laughs> so yeah, the top part of my and I think it happens because I wear the same shoe over and over uh, several days in a row, and at this point in my life, I don't think I could do that anymore. I think I have to change. I have to change my shoes. <laughs> I feel like I'm five years old. I gotta change my shoes. I can't wear the same shoes in a row. So, uh, so that's that. I mean, I mean, I haven't been really listening to the news, but I know what's going on. World News Tonight last night on ABC did a whole thing on Israel and what is happening and these stories. I don't know. I I feel some kind of way about them. Putting microphones and people under tremendous stress and trauma. I just, I just, it just feels exploited to me, you know. Just they had this this young family, young kids on uh, a boy and his sisters, and their grandfather has to care for them because uh, terrorists kicked in their shot in their door, and their parents jumped on jumped on him to shelter him from the bullets and they were killed and he survived but he stayed on the ground underneath them without moving so that they wouldn't um keep shooting and then they set fire to the living room of the house of the wherever they were living and uh he just barely got out he got hit in the stomach but it was a life threatening And they're talking to him in the hospital and their grandfather and their sisters, and they're sitting on the bed. And they seem shell-shocked, which they should be, because their parents paid the ultimate sacrifice to protect them. And they're just asking them questions like, well, how do you feel? And what's it like? And and I just wanted to just like, if y'all don't get in front of these babies and let these children alone, come back in 10 years and talk to them about this. I find that kind of stuff exploitive because these news outlets want to be the ones that get up and close and personal and bring these stories to people. And it feels like they don't care. Like, you're not thinking, these are children. I don't care if their grandfather gave them permission to talk. And I get, you know, that if you talk about this stuff while it's happening, maybe it'll change hearts and minds. But the people who, who can make a difference with this are not watching this. This is like Trauma porn. Maybe, I, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way, but I can't stand any trauma anywhere in the world, whether it's terrorism, domestic violence, fire in the house, whatever it is. I hate when news people run up on people and want to get an opinion after a great trauma. Why? Oh, I can't stand it. I just can't stand it, and these people haven't had a t- chance to process what has happened to them, let alone children it's just I just find that shocking and disingenuous and 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 opportunistic and exploited don't stop talking to people after great trauma after any trauma you know it's just that stuff bothers me. And then, you know, they got all these little reporters on the ground running with along the military. And, oh, look at this. And oh why? What do you get out of that? Why are we watching that? And I I I turned from it because I couldn't stand it. Because I couldn't believe it. I saw it and I was like, what is he? And you could hear the bombs going off. I don't, I don't, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm. I'm wrong. And somebody will tell me if I'm wrong about this value in that. I do not see it seems dangerous. It seems ridiculously dangerous, not just for the journalists, but for the military people that got to keep their damn eye on the journalists and, you know, keep one eye on what they're doing and one eye on the journalist. And even though I know they travel, they go there at their own risk, still, they still got to, they're still going to keep an eye on these journalists who are in their way. I don't, I don't, I don't get this. I wish news outlets would stop doing it. Just like I wish they would stop sending weather people out in bad weather. I don't see the point. Why can't they stand in the dim? Why can't you build a glass room off your studio where they can go stand in the glass room and look out and say, "This was look like outside." Why do they have to be in the elements? We have progressed from that point. You can put all kinds of cameras and drones outside in the elements. You don't need weather people on the elements talking about, oh, it's windy out. I just think that's just stupid and exploited. So I I just don't, I don't like, I don't find that to be uh, uh, giving me the news. It just feels exploitive to me. That's how I feel. And uh just feels exploited and I wish they would stop doing it you know i I stop stop sticking and they do it on the local news they do it everywhere after a shooting well tell me tell me what it was like and did you have any uh, indication and did you know it's like what so uh I don't I don't know I just don't know I don't know it's just it's just just wild to me (sighs) you know it's just wild so so that's that's my mindset right now every time I watch these news outlets I think that's probably why I'm so that's why I'm so news fatigued I can't stand it I just I can't stand it I just for the life of me Cannot stand it. I'm drinking tea this morning. I actually that's what that's what made me run a little late. I was uh I was making some tea. And uh uh I was making some tea. Uh you know, in the microwave. So uh what what opening night? What event? What event am I? I don't know. I'm hosting a talk tonight. I'm hosting the talk back for the Black Barbie documentary.
1: Hey!
0: Uh, so, the, yeah, so people were texting me early in the morning. I'm on air. I'm going to start calling people out. <laughs> I, I can answer. Sometimes I can answer if it's, a, if it's a quick yes or no answer. So sometimes I answer. I'm a little uh I've been taking um uh, I've been taking um have i been taking magnesium supplements. They're really uh they're really making a difference in my sleep. I I really am sleeping deeply. Uh I'm not sleeping a lot like it's not 7 hours. Uh It's not 7 hours. Uh but it is uh um, it is it is profoundly good sleep. So I'm averaging, I'm getting up to about five hours, which is nice. I like five hours, five, six hours at the most. Beyond that, I get achy. I really do. I get achy. You know And that's been like this my whole life. I've never been one of these people that could sleep in the bed for hours and hours and hours. Because if I do it, I get achy and it feels like I never went to bed. Then my body starts to hurt, so I don't do it. So uh Good morning, Roberto. I think my brother is saying good morning. Um, how was the service for Candace? I didn't get a chance to come because I didn't find out about the service until uh, I saw Martin's Facebook page the day of. And uh, I'm already on the radio when I see it. So I was like, oh, because uh, I didn't get any intel, which is fine, I guess. I would have made arrangements to take the day off, I think, but I had a lot going on. I don't even know when the service was. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Uh, but I know when I saw it on Martin's Facebook page, uh, it was already happening. I was like, "Oh," because I, I I thought my I thought my brother Robert would tell me because you know he tells me every damn thing else. I thought he would send me a message to say, "Oh, don't forget the funeral is." this day that day and over here but he didn't do that so i don't know how he thought i was gonna find out (laughs) i mean i I, i'm pretty popular in this town i pretty I, i i get a lot of intel but i i didn't get that intel i think people i think people just assume that sometimes i know more than i know i didn't know so i didn't i didn't get any uh i it wasn't until i saw martin's facebook page the day of and and uh and you know, with Facebook with the algorithms, sometimes I don't see uh posts of people who follow me or who's friends with me all the time. Uh, and I rarely see Martin's um Facebook post. So I was a little surprised when I saw it because he had posted, I saw when he posted when she had passed. Uh, this is our niece who passed. My, my actually, my 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 sister-in-law, my brother's wife. Uh, her sister's daughter so this is her niece and so we've got you know you marry people's family you take on their kids so she's she's like she's my niece too and and her son is my um uh grand nephew like that's just how we roll right everybody's family we just all call it and claim it um and so so i saw that but he didn't have any information about when the service was going to be he just was saying that she had passed and his heart was broken and the whole thing and you know how people do on Facebook when they do that kind of stuff. And then when I saw the actual notice for the service, uh, I was on air and I saw it. I was like, oh, it, it's, it was happening now, like 10 o'clock or something or other. So I was like, oh, I can't get over there. So uh, so anyway, uh, she knew that I cared deeply for her and loved her. I'm so sorry. Sickle cell is such, uh, you know, you would think that we would have a cure by now and I know um, it does not get the same uh, uh, public awareness raising as other uh, chronic illnesses and diseases Um, and uh, we have got to sort of uh, step that up and uh, I I have made a commitment um, since knowing Candace to run articles on sickle cell like I consistently run articles about sickle cell Um, in the uh, independent, I mean, in the inner city, because um, this is a primarily affects uh, Black people. And, um, and this just, it just gets lost in, in all the other bigger known uh, illnesses, like October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And not to take away from Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but You know, sickle cell is is uh, uh, among us and with us and uh, uh, and we need to be raising money for additional research to cure. um, To cure it. Simple as that. So I say all that to say uh, it is unbelievably sad. uh, That a woman so young uh, succumbs to sickle cell. And even though she has lived longer than most people with sickle cell, uh, it is uh, a tragedy and a heartbreak. And she will be greatly missed. Like she will really be greatly missed. And I can't imagine what her mother must be um, feeling and experiencing. Because I think, this is what I know about the natural order of things. No parent wants to bury their child no parent no parent wants to bury their child. the natural order of things is that we as parents grow old and our children bury us and so that the family and the lineage goes on not the other way around so so it's painful and I get why it's painful because no parents want to see see want to have to deal with burying their own children. Um, That's painful. So, you know, uh, I I hope I never see it in my lifetime. I will tell you that. You know, I I don't want to see that. My mother did it and she never really recovered. You know, I mean, my mother went on and had a wonderful life, I would imagine, but she never recovered from losing her son. She just never recovered from losing her first son. And even though she had two more sons who she loved deeply and dearly, and even named this the 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 second son after the first son uh uh she never recovered from that loss and i and i know it you know i i know it i know it so uh so it's a painful thing i think i know it's a painful thing you know particularly when you don't uh uh i saw it last night So the play last night was, Wish You Were Here. Uh. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. I saw it last night. Thought of you. Anyway. Oh, Carla, Carla, Carla. Anyway, that's where I'm at. So. Uh, Peace and blessings to the Edwards family. (sighs) These are the times that try men's souls. But, you know, I always say we are built for these times. We are built for these times. And all of us that are standing in this moment, we were meant to be standing in this moment. Because, you know, I'm going to tell you, I think about this, not often, but quite, I think about this Periodically. There's so many things that could kill us at any moment. So many things. We we are, uh, humans are very fragile. And I think we don't know how fragile we are. We have no idea. At any moment, things could kill us. Like things could kill us. We could fall down the stairs and break our necks. We could eat something, eat a piece of steak and choke or apple or, or a piece of candy corn or choke. You could you could fall down a flight of steps. An anvil could fall on your head. Uh, you could crash and uh, be in a car accident or a plane accident or a train accident or a bus accident or a bicycle accident. Uh, you could have a heart attack or an aneurysm. Somebody could kill you, you know. I mean, we are very fragile and uh, and it's lost on us, the fragility of human life. Uh, it is lost on us it is very much lost on us how fragile we are you know because if we knew how fragile we are we would we would live differently we would love differently we would we would converse differently we would interact differently if we really knew how fragile and how so little time and how so much time we have can you imagine we have so little time and so much time you know, and that, to, and I don't say that to say people should run themselves ragged doing all manner of things. Nope, I don't suggest that. What I'm suggesting is whatever the hopes and dreams on that shelf, get them down, dust them off, and step into them. Because I, somebody in my cohort, my Yale Access to Law School cohort, had said that they were at a uh, law school admissions fair. And uh, the, the person that was leading the fair went to one particular school, but they really wanted to go to another particular school. And they didn't apply because they didn't believe that they could get in. Now, I don't, I, I don't know why they believed that they couldn't get in. But the takeaway was what they said was, rejection is far better than regret. And let me tell you something that hit me where I live, because in that moment I was struggling with LSAT score. My second LSAT score was low, lower than my first LSAT, like considerably lower than my first LSAT score, and it and it and it it bothered me because it it brought home to me. I I don't know. I stepped into this place of believing that maybe this is not what I should be doing. Maybe I don't have what it takes. And I'm not one of these people that talk myself out of stuff. I'm, I'm usually I'm usually talking myself. <laughs> I'm usually like, oh, I can do anything. Uh, but in this moment, I just had a little a little bout of self-doubt. And that quote came through the group meet chat just in the nick of time. And it was as if it was like a lightning bolt. Rejection is far better than regret. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and so I, I was meeting with uh, Kayla Vincent yesterday uh, because I had called her because I was so worked up about this, and I had already met with my coach, who you know tried to assuage my, my fears, you know. But you know, um, and I think she did a pretty decent job, but I was already, I was already too far gone in my. In my self doubt, that uh, I needed some, I needed a stronger reinforcement, and so she, so uh, uh, Kayla, Kayla met with me yesterday, and by this time, by the time I met with her, I've already worked this out, like I've already calmed myself. But it was good to just to sit and chat with her and tell her what I was going through in the process, and she reiterated the same thing. She was like, "Listen, <laughs> let these schools tell you, let these schools say no." <laughs> You don't say no. You let these schools say no. <laughs> I was tickled by that. <clears throat> She's like, don't you say no. You let these schools say no. <laughs> and that reinforces rejection is, easy, is far is, is a much doable thing than regret. And I don't like standing on regret. I don't. I don't want to stay. Because it will eat me alive. That's why I'm going to law school now at 60. You know. And I hope I help somebody. And, you know, so I had a long talk with them. I was like, do you have a, a, a time when nobody gets picked? Like, what if I don't get picked for any law school? And I think about that. What if no one says no? You know, what if everybody says no? You know, what do I do? You know. And then she's like, don't worry about it. And she's like, don't worry about how to pay for it. Think about that later. you got time. So I'm trying to go for early admissions. That's my goal. That's my goal. Oh, this tea is so good. Mm. You know, I always forget how much I like tea until I drink tea. <laughs> I should be drinking tea every day. <laughs> And then I read somewhere that the tea that we're drinking is not as potent as it should be. I hate people. I hate people. I hate people. I hate people. Are they closer to a speaker in the house yet? No? All right. <laughs> All right. And uh is it is it Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy the <laughs> third? <sighs> Uh, uh, uh. I, I. He's an idiot. I think those Kennedy. Well, those Kennedy family. The Kennedy family already sent <laughs> out a little note and a letter to everybody. <laughs> he does not reflect the views of his father, of his grandfather, of uh, uh, the former president, the, the late president. He doesn't reflect not a damn thing about us and what we stand for. We don't know how he got in the family. That's essentially what the <laughs> what the tone was. Now, I know they digging through records like, was he adopted? Like, what the hell? Who the fuck was he? Because, you know, he's an anti-vaxxer. And I know Ted Kennedy must be turning in his grade. Like, what the hell are you doing? So I don't know what gene pool he came from. But he ain't. He don't got the Kennedy mystique. He sound like a cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Now he want to run for president. I'm like, let me tell you something. All these white men who just think <laughs> this is what I let I me. Mean, this is what I love and hate about white men. They wake up in the morning and say, "I want to do this thing," and guess what? They go and just say. I'm just going to get an exploratory team without any thought about qualification, wherewithal, or if anybody wants them. It's like, I'm going to, they are the, they are the dream girls. White men are the dream girls. They are the, I am telling you. (laughs) I'm not going. (laughs) They, white men are, the white men could sing this song and nobody would be like, people would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's who they are. That that's who they are. I am telling you, I'm not going. And then they just like, you and you and you, y'all gonna love me. See, that's white men in America, all over the world, I I suspect. Uh, 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 you know, so it was just, uh, I don't know what to make of these politics, but you know, this is what I do think though. At some point, I, I, I do, I do think at some point the tides will turn, like we'll reach a tipping point with this level of foolishness. But I think we need some folks to rise up. I wish they weren't working so hard to curtail uh, 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 Kamala Harris uh, the way that they are. I mean, they're working very hard to clip her wings and to keep her. And, and I'm saying the Biden administration. Like, I, I, they are working very hard not to have her shine so much because they know the power of Black women. And they know if she gets out there and really shines, you know, uh, she could really be a force to be reckoned with. So, you know, and I know she's behind the scenes making stuff happen because what black woman is it? Uh, particularly one with <laughs> the smarts that she has. And, you know, and the way that they spin this narrative out of, you know, what she did in California and all this stuff. And you know, it's just outrageous to me. And uh, and you know what I I I this is what I would inspire the aka's to do is to just fight back on that narrative. And I and I know. Um, you know, we can't really, our sororities and fraternities try to, you know, we stand behind our own, uh, but we don't necessarily, we are bipartisan in how we, uh, democratic and bipartisan in how we uh, approach things. And so, uh, you know, somebody needs to like kick the door down so she can get out. Because, you know, she's in a hostage situation in that Biden administration. (laughs) Kamala Harris is in a hostage situation in that Biden administration, you know, because she really should be our next president. But them white men is going to do their best to keep her buried in foolishness and stuff. And and they know she's smart because I know she's behind the scenes making stuff happen. Like, I know it. I don't know no black woman of that caliber, of, of any caliber, who is not behind the scenes making ish happen. But they're not gonna give her the credit because white gonna white. And uh and white men specifically are gonna be white men. So um, so they holding her captive and hostage in that vice presidency. I don't care. I said it. i said it that's where i'm that's that's what it looks like to me um you know so (sighs) anyway say la vie what else is going on in the world you know what i haven't checked um the cycle i i at the uh 10 15 i've got um the other malik jones coming on malik jones he's coming on um i think he's in north carolina and Mr. Jeter and all the folks that are a part of uh, uh, trying to get people's uh, exonerations, bringing the awareness of wrongfully convicted folks to the forefront. And uh, I can't tell you how much I am so troubled uh, by uh, wrongfully convicted folks. So much so that I'm trying to write a, a piece on it, an essay of sorts. Uh, and I got to get cracking on it because I have a deadline, but uh I'm just uh, uh i'm am j- just I'm just blown away by the fact that people can just go to jail for stuff that they didn't do. I don't get it I, I just don't get it so and uh, it's troublesome to me and of the thirty two. Thirty-two exonerated, uh, 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 wrongfully convicted folks. Half of them was from New Haven, and so I'm I'm just baffled by, you know, when I read uh, Nicholas Davidoff's book, The Other Side of Prospect. Um, I I you know this is a whole story about this kid who was uh, we call him Bobby. Uh, but if, I, you know, but if I look it up, I would know who it is in real life, but for the sake of the book, it's Bobby. Just watching the, the, the play-by-play of that whole scenario just bothered me to no end. And then I find out, you know, I go to this poster-making event hosted by the Law and Justice Center at Yale, and they hold it at Possible Futures because they were having a several-day rally in front of City Hall about wrongfully convicted folks. And uh when I saw how many people were wrongfully convicted. And people and there are still a few more that are sitting in jail now who they know is wrongfully convicted. They just haven't turned them loose. And the a number of years. Ah, uh, it is staggering and stunning to me. I don't know how we so I so I want I think what I want to know a couple of things I want to know, like what's what prevents this? What what prevents what prevents wrongful wrongful convictions? Is there a, a, a standard operating procedure to prevent this? That's that's one. That's what I want to know. Two, I understand that the state is appealing the over, the overturning of the conviction in Malik Jones they already served 31 years so the state of Connecticut wants to overturn it, the state's attorney now i i now i don't know what this is about and, and i would imagine it's some white people white men i think this is white men stuff right cuz he probably feels some kind of way about being bested by you know smarter people who said i mean judge hall who no one would say is a lightweight by any stretch of any imagination, you know, said, this was some shoddy ass police work and, and poor ass um, legal representation. Poor ass legal representation. And I, I just can't, I just can't, I can't, I just feel sick every time I think about this. You know, I could feel it in my body. Like I feel the tension in my body every time I, I think about, and so then I have to think about historically, all the people that went to to their death, wrongfully convicted, who are still who died in prison, wrongfully convicted, who are sitting in prisons now, wrongfully convicted. I don't know what to. How do we stop that? Like, how do we? I, I I guess we have to get police and all kinds of people to want to get to the truth of things. Otherwise, I what are we doing? I don't get it. And I, I don't want to get it. I want it to be corrected. I want it to be corrected. That's where I'm at. I don't want to get too fired up because I got I gotta get I gotta get ready for Barbie. <laughs> I have to get ready for Barbie. I need, I need to get ready for Barbie, cause Barbie. At the end of the day, Barbie, black Barbie. So, anyway, I just, I'm just riffing off stuff that's just on my nerves. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what? That's what I mean. Just gets on my nerves. So anyway, I'm over at the uh I'm over at the New Haven. It was nice to see Betsy Kim yesterday. Betsy Kim was in town. What a cute cell. She was she was more glad to see Harry than she was than me. I appreciate that. No, I don't care. It was nice to see her. (laughs) She's so cute. Betsy can be out there. She'd be thinking I'd be doing doing too much. Betsy can be doing a lot. See all over New York, eating, drinking, hanging out with friends. I'm like, girl, why you want to hang with me? I should be hanging with you. Hey, Harry.
2: Hey, Babs. How you doing?
0: You know what? It's it's the weekend eve, Harry. <laughs> I
2: know. For me, it felt like, you know, a freaking long week and I've only been here three days.
0: Did you did you walk down from uh from the WNHH office yesterday? Did I you did
2: walk down the street. I did. I walked down the street. You know, um, I was like, I was trying not to go, but I got guilted into going.
0: I don't believe that Harry. I don't believe you. No, be I guilty. wanted
2: I I wanted to go, but let me tell you, it was fun watching um seeing Betsy. Yeah, and of course, always seeing Miss Babs Rose Ivy in person.
0: Oh, alright alright
2: alright it's, it's a thrill
0: yeah whatever that's what you say everybody
2: goes Babs is gonna be there when they try to convince me
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's like there'll be somebody you like there <laughs> <laughs> like if you get or if you, if you feel too much anxiety Babs will be there
0: <laughs> I, I don't know if that's enough I don't think that's enough of a draw <laughs> Well, I was freaked out when I saw it. I was like, Harry?
2: Harry." Betsy almost dropped her food trying to hug you.
0: Because the first thing she said to me, she's like, I was hoping to see Harry. I said, well, did you go by the office? She's like, no, I won't have a chance to get by the office. I said, well, he's not coming here. I swear to God. I said, he's not coming here. And the next thing I know, I look around. I was like, oh, shoot. I see Harry. Yeah. And then she heard me say "Harry," she came running around the corner. "Harry, hi. I was like, "Okay, Betsy."
2: Yeah, she she is uh, she's one of a kind. Cause I um, love Betsy. Betsy Be- Bet- Betsy is very intelligent and very liberal, but very open to conversation. Yeah, and never gets um insulted or, you know, anything like that. No, Never gets offended by any any crazy stuff. Now at the end of the conversation, she'll tell me you're crazy, but I like
0: it. <laughs> Betsy can. And it
2: was that's, nice to see her. You, know,
0: year, you so.
2: gotta love that. I, I don't mind being called crazy. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, it was it was good yesterday. Yeah, so, um, let me let me fix this because on the screen,
0: we're f- facing opposite. Oh. Also, oh, you guys like jump us
2: around. <laughs> no, so um, it was good, and you know, I I didn't know you were gonna be the mouthpiece over there.
0: Oh, it was me and Stacy, Stacy yeah. and I.
2: So um, it was good. I I didn't know it was so. He has so many people. Yeah. Involved in this project. I mean, it sounds interesting. I, I mean, I had to leave at one thirty to come do a show, but.
0: No, it was good. I mean, we wrapped up at about probably an hour later. Yeah. We stayed to about two thirty. Took some questions. It was good.
2: Karen saw the your pictures on um Facebook, and she's like, "You, you were there with oh wow, that's Betsy." I'm like, "Yeah, let's see, that's Betsy." She's like, "Wow, you took pictures." She's like, "You really like Betsy because I could tell in your face."
0: You do. She's like, "It's,
2: it's not a fake." <laughs> smile. Yeah, you
0: know, like you know, like. Looking like a Stefford wife, <laughs> like, like oh, yeah, I was glad to see Betsy. It was nice to see her. I mean, I I enjoyed everybody. I enjoyed the whole panel. They were so, uh, they were so lively. You know, when you're a facilitator, that's what you want. You don't want to be pulling teeth.
2: <laughs> no, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, especially Brian is always impressive to me when mm. you hear Brian talk. Well, because he's
0: brilliant. And he's such a low key brilliant, you know what I mean? Like right. he's brilliant, but he doesn't take himself brilliant. That's yeah, what I like about him. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, he's very humble. So it's like but he's he is, he's a very intelligent person.
0: He is, he's extreme he's like a polygod. <laughs> it's like, gee. I mean, he could do a lot of he could do a lot of things amazingly. Yeah. That's that's what I admire. He's a, you know he's got a couple of books under his belt you know he's a world class musician i mean he's just smart as all get out but he doesn't like come across as an asshole
2: oh well, you know that's that's the best type of person that's not always looking down their nose at people
0: yeah you know
2: um and yeah and i bought Brian's uh one of Brian's post apocalyptic books
0: so. <laughs> Have you read it?
2: No, I haven't read it yet, but it's in my library. I was gonna read it.
0: I didn't know he was a writer until we saw it in uh in uh we saw it in uh um in uh, oh god, what is the uh the library down? Not the free public library, but the uh oh Well
2: you know I I didn't know either until I was actually looking for post-apocalyptic books to to listen to, and I wanted to, you know I, I looked for four stars and up, and he was there. I was like, that can't be Brian that I work with. No way. And it sure was. <laughs> I was like, wow, cool. I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah. Also, you bought it. I bought it. I haven't read it yet, but eventually, I'll. You know, I, I well, I haven't bought the Kindle version yet because I like to do the audio is and he, then is go he back he read to his the own Kindle books
0: or somebody else's reading them.
2: No, he doesn't read his own book.
0: Okay.
2: And that's another thing I go by. A lot of times I go, I go when I listen to who's narrating the book before I buy because I know if somebody's gonna put me to sleep. I won't buy the audio version. I'll just buy the book version.
1: Hmm.
2: Or the Kindle version. Hmm. But no, it was great yesterday. You see, I, I hang out, you know. I am I know.
0: I'm a wild and crazy guy. I I really was freaked out. I was like, you know, Paul should get us some some studio space over there.
2: <laughs> I think Paul... Uh,
0: no, there's no space over there either, because not to too expensive. That, that space
2: everywhere you know we could do the the movie theater there closing down and just make that a studio
0: <laughs> no that's a that's way too big of a dream for Paul he he, wouldn't, <laughs> that, he couldn't fathom that
2: no that's too big he, he has to be it has to be like small enough that we could that we have to bump into each other every five seconds <laughs> <laughs>
0: got to feel like a bunker that's right it's got to feel like a bunker so the play was good last night too i enjoyed it very much it's timely because it's a it's a it's a iranian women and a jewish jewish woman four iranian women and uh four iranian muslim women and uh and uh and an iranian jewish woman and uh, so, so it's very timely.
2: You didn't invite me. I, you know, I wish I would have been invited.
0: Oh, that's a Paul thing. Listen, Paul, Paul didn't really invite me. That kind of invited myself. You know, he was mentioning it. And he's like, oh, I thought I told you. I was like, you know, when people say, when people say, I thought I told you, that's me. They didn't really want you to come.
2: I'm like the stepchild of this place.
0: <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get away with that. Did,
2: did you, did you buy anything on Amazon Prime?
0: No, I, I don't want to buy anything, Harry.
2: Well, you know, I am going to I, I admit, don't want to buy anything. I'm going to admit to something here.
0: Oh, what would you buy, Harry?
2: By the way, what? you're listening to Love Babs Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. So, you know that my lightning struck in front of my house and burnt out my living room TV. <laughs> and I moved my my kitchen TV to my living room. Yeah, too many TV. You
0: bought a new TV for twenty eight dollars.
2: Sixty five inch for three hundred and seventy dollars.
0: Oh. Feel free, buy, feel free to buy me a TV here for Christmas for twenty dollars. I'll take it. Four four K. I think
2: four K or eight
0: K. I don't even know what that is. What is that?
2: I mean, none of that stuff matters, right? Because the only t- the only people who really take advantage of that are the gamers. gamers. Yeah, but. Yeah. But you go, oh, 4K. Oh, what they have 8K now, and you're like, who cares? I'm just gonna watch TV.
0: Is the uh, <laughs> is the Prime deals over?
2: Yeah, they were over yesterday, but they well, still Walmart have stuff.
0: Will, Walmart will still be doing stuff,
2: and well, and Amazon will still have some like their stuff. Their Amazon stuff will be on sale for the rest of the week.
0: Yeah, I saw yeah. it because I they were like because
2: like, keep- the TV I bought is an Amazon TV.
0: Oh, they make TVs. Yes,
2: yeah, so now it you don't even need the fire stick. It's just the TV. Oh,
0: are you fire. kidding?
2: So that's what I bought. Because
0: so <coughs> like. I have a fire stick on my TV. Yeah,
2: so you don't my need TV the fire stick on
0: my TV. My TV is about to go too, because it's it's on its last leg, and I'm gonna be pissed off if I don't go ahead and get another TV. <laughs> like
2: ah, you know, I want to put my my kitchen TV back in the kitchen because it gets used on Thanksgiving. That's the only time the TV turns on. In the kitchen? In the kitchen. Thanksgiving, where where people are eating around the table. They go, what's the score of the game? You go, and watch the game. Mm. You know, we only do, we do the, everybody around the table. Everybody gives thanks and everything before we eat. And then after that, the TV comes (laughs) on. (laughs)
0: okay cool cool Cool. all right so we're gonna take a break right and then i'll be back with uh with the folks from uh um um who are working on uh, uh well malik jones and and uh and all the folks who are working on raising the awareness around wrongfully convicted folks which is you know, Harry, I had no idea this was such a huge problem, but you know, when you know something, you can't unknow it.
2: I mean, that's that's kind of life, right?
0: Yeah, Yes. I can't imagine. This guy did 31 years for a crime he didn't commit, Harry, and they know it. And they still want to, the state still wants to They don't the, want to let you go. Their, and the feds paycheck, already said this is done.
2: Yeah, but their paycheck—you know—that prison uh, funding there is more important than your freedom.
0: I guess I you would you would if that's what it's looking like. So, so anyway, he's gonna come on and talk about that. So, so we'll be back. Good people, stay tuned. Right. Look for the other link.
2: Let me uh, cue some music here because you know we should be ready every yes. once in a while.
3: Yeah, Keep music. That old robotic futuristic George Jetson Yeah crazy
4: down. Just like you in the blab Robotic kicking slab or flavor be the batter chitter, a chatter matter than the mad I bet you buy shit come my fatter I got the data turn your body into anti-matter and Just like a piece of you your bit yourself my stomach with the eggs and grips between King is what I mean. I mean, my man, get a cup and put some change inside your hand. Now hold up,
1: let's make it sufficient. Everybody, let's agree that MCs need a tissue. The folks, my
4: only issue. I bet your mama miss you, and I bet the Mac, they go off like an MX missile. No more you whining on the charts climbing as I make the phone kicking out my harder than an And if you didn't know who's rhyming, I guess I'm gonna say Craig Mac with perfect timing. Alex, yeah. My rap's too severe, kickin' my flavor in ya' Here comes a brand new flavor in ya' Time for new flavor in ya' I'm kicking new flavor in ya' Max, a brand new flavor in ya' Drake Mac, 1000 degrees You'll be on your knees and you'll be burning beggin' please Brother Freeze Man's disputed and deep-rooted Folks smoke to leaves your brains booted. the bad MC. Stamina like Roosh uh, Dinner, the winner yeah, yeah. takes for MCs for dinner You're crazy like that glue, yeah. that thing that you can outdo my one-two, that's sick yeah. like the blue Shake em down, boy, <laughs> I flip boy all the time Cause boy, the to me you kickin' ain't worth a dime. Seems like there's no competition in this rap world expedition You come around and knock ya out position, knock em out No Flav can ever yeah. dig a grave, both the Magnum, Power pack yeah. it black, make that's it, it sick, make, make it free. And here comes a brand new flavor in your air, Max A new flavor in your ear. I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. Max brand new flavor in your ear. Here comes a brand new flavor in your ear. Time for new flavor in your ear. I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. Max brand new flavor in your ear. Max dope with more hope than the Pope, but for MCs more knots than rope. I'd like to break it down, down breaking, forsaking laws. of MC shaking with this track that my man's making. MCs will run like a bomb threat, I bet, what? or better yet, uh-huh. make you sweat getting hotter than the sun get. Straight yep. back is the flame that pops from here to Tibet. Wait. I break all rules with my action, that the Maxons the MCs stop relaxing. This brand new sheriff that's in town, getting down, leaving bodies buried in the ground. Yes, yes,
5: yes.
4: I set up rhymes for a decoy down for bad boy, watch the MCs not destroy. And here comes the brand new flavor in your ear. David.
6: at distant shores I've been waiting wanting more for the whole night and it ain't right I've been saying what's on my mind trying to explain what can't be defined and for so long it's been so strong suddenly it's clear now that I can hear these love notes the ones that I wrote oh these melodies here are some memories and these love notes I found in an old coat mean something new oh.
0: Welcome back uh, to Love Babs Love Talk, the second hour. And as promised, I'm having a conversation with uh some brothers who are uh doing their very best to raise awareness around wrongful convictions, particularly around um the Malik Jones, uh Malik, the Malik Jones case. Um hey, Dr. Don McCauley. Hey James Jeter. how y'all doing? Unmute yourselves. Hey Malik, how are you?
7: Hi Babs. how you doing today?
0: I'm good. How are y'all?
3: I'm doing well today.
0: All right. So so we're here to talk about wrongful convictions. Is that is that what I that that's how I'm I'm framing this? Because this is quite troubling to me. So I want to make sure I frame it out right in the ways that make sense uh for y'all to this morning.
3: I think Malik's trying to get on with the audio. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I think today wrongful Conviction, but also talk about Malik had the opportunity to talk about his story um and put it out so that the rest of the world can understand um what was happening, what happened then and what's the transition now, what more can be done.
0: Okay. All right. So so take us back, give us a, a, a brief synopsis a synopsis of what has happened. Just like a two second, what are we up against?
3: Yes. Uh Malik, you
7: wanna take it? I mean, you have a you. You know better than anybody.
2: <laughs> I think Malik has to reconnect his audio.
0: He has to reconnect his audio. Yeah. So anyway, someone. Uh, so, Mister so, Mister jo- Okay, go ahead, James. Somebody.
7: Um, trying to get him to get his volume right. All right, he's connecting audio right now.
0: Okay. So, uh, he was convicted of a crime that he did not commit thirty-one years ago. The courts set him free. The federal courts set him free. The state courts are, I from what I understand, is looking to appeal this this latest turn of events.
7: Oh uh, the the state wow. court has stated their intent to appeal, but they haven't issued on what grounds that they're going to yet.
0: Okay. All right. And so um and so what we want to know is how the community could best support Malik. Um, and this is not, a, and unfortunately, this is not a new phenomenon. Like there, out of the 30 some odd cases in, in Connecticut that have been wrongfully convicted and exonerated, half of those come from New Haven.
7: Uh, since Malik's case is over time, uh, we'll, we, we took the scale. We're no longer half. We're, we're the majority.
0: So we're the majority now.
7: We're the majority, yeah. So,
0: so in your in your in your uh, uh, quest to raise awareness around wrongful convictions, does that also include uh, more police oversight and how cases are handled and how cases are uh, and evidence is collected and how people are charged with crimes and and what happens when um, uh, due diligence isn't done fully?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think um, at 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 the base you know um the only the only way for prevention but but you know it can't be a paper tiger like in the past any any forms of police oversight they haven't had any they haven't had any power to to do anything of of, of any real substance um to enforce any any uh corrections or penalties even like um right now with the with the state's um integrity review commission they haven't they haven't uh exonerated anybody with the power to exonerate from from the state's office they haven't done it they they you know they have cases on the desk right now that they won't touch um and then I hope Malik can jump on I'm trying to okay
0: so okay. so in the, in the meantime we do have to keep talking because it's yeah, I know I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry
7: I'm sorry <laughs> um yeah so so the um State hasn't the, the, the state the state has, has I, I want to say more than doubled down. I don't I don't really think there's a you have to like uh, exponentially they've downed on their uh, their desire to uphold injustices that come out of a time period that we have to be ready to reexamine. Like we have to be ready as a community to reexamine exactly what transpired in our neighborhoods in the late '80s and throughout the '90s and like really come to come to a place of 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 reckoning, reconciliation and recompense.
1: Mm-hmm. Like like
7: those three things have to happen in our community um about what what transpired with our youth uh during a, a generation where all the jobs left, the warehouses, you know, the the factory jobs left, the uh, uh the, the textile companies left and our neighbors were flooded with drugs. You know like we don't talk about how that that vacuum and then this this deregulation of how stuff was entering our communities uh, impacted our communities and our youth, you know, um, and, you know, how we can own the harm and the trauma and the harm that was done, how all of it can, the complexity of it can be discussed, owned, and held. And we can hold, and in the same way that, you know, I myself and others have been held accountable, you know. Also holding the authorities accountable for the way that they just ran Russia out through our through our communities, the way that they, they, you know, they they held our communities hostage at literally at gunpoint, um, and with no with, with 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 complete uh impunity. Like they they just did what they wanted. They they the the law keepers were the biggest breakers of it.
1: Hmm. I'll
3: add to that. I think one of the conversations for me, like being a part of the police accountability bill, but also the section around citizen review boards, um, that the bill was written in a way where it gave autonomy to different communities to decide and vote on if they wanted um, civilian review boards. I know that one of the challenges in this one would be um, one, putting that together, getting that voted on um, and, and getting that civilian review board. But to James point, about how do we retroactively go back? And so is evidence still available um, to like, figure out how do we have this kind of redemption um, in terms of what our relationships could be with community policing? And also like, is the police department open to those possibilities? And I get the reality is like, they should be open to those possibilities in terms of just establishing those effective relationships because I, from my perspective, it was a lot of it's catastrophic. A lot of us were young, at those times five and six and recognizing the changes in our communities, um, walking down the street, the different things that we saw Gulf street. And I don't think the city is any different. Um it just it just looks different. So so folks that grew up and saw friends go away and come home um and saw the 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 not just the rise in violence, the rise in um policing and just in certain particular areas um and what those relationships turned into. So I I, I reflect on that and just say like a, re- a civilian review board is possible. The question is, does it have teeth? And that's always the question of how do we move that forward? Are they going to be able to hold folks accountable? Are these lawyers or these doctors who's on different sides? And so I think that trying to get back what the people need instead of thinking about what the politics want, who doesn't want to be accountable for the just move forward? I think that's pro- that's problematic. And that's why we're, kind of, we're here today. Mm.
0: Okay. Mr. Jones, can you hear us? Can you unmute your phone? And you know, you all that are on phones, you can put your phone on landscape and you can fill out the square. Just FYI. You just turn it to the side. Just turn it.
3: It's unmuted.
0: You have to unmute yourself.
5: How do I do this? There you,
0: go. there you go. We hear you. There
1: all you
5: right. Go. All right. I'm, I'm on. Yes. Yeah, you I don't are. know how to do the <laughs> landscape. I don't know how to do <laughs> you all this know. stuff. You no. Know, I- the <laughs> landscape
0: is just turn, just take physically. You know how you have your phone like this? Just doing it like that. Okay. There you go. All right. You have your doing. I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? What are you?
5: Um, are I'm, you... I'm, I'm doing okay, man. You know, it's, it's really good to be on this side right now. So you know, I don't have no complaints right now.
0: So, so, what are your your thoughts on the possibility of the state sort of appealing your freedom?
5: It, 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 me personally, I feel like it's offensive. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been in prison thirty-some years, something I didn't do, and you know, the, the the state and the police withheld evidence in in that regard. Um, the judge overturned my conviction, and yet <laughs> they are appealing it. Like, what are they appealing? You know, she uh, she rendered her decision. Um, you know, I I I, I carefully um, you know went through it. And I don't actually see what it is that they're healing. Like you know, <laughs> it, it it was really an indictment, you know, on 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 the things that they um, that that they failed to do or evidence that they suppressed. So I I don't get why why are they still what are they arguing at at, at this point? Mm.
0: So when you think about this, Millie, do you think about do you think about what was it? What was the catalyst for doing this to you? Like, what was the driving catalyst for this? I don't. I I, I am quite troubled by this rush to make you the person that did this crime when they know that at some point they knew that you didn't do this, but yet they continue to follow this narrative to the to the end.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I I know that the prosecutor in this case, you know, he was involved in, you know, some other cases that I had had. So I don't know. He had a thing with that. But, you know, it was just, I guess, you know, the neighborhood that I was in at that time. You know, it was a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, they just figured, (laughs) you know, they wanted to come after me. You know, what I mean, and I, I, you know, I don't get it, especially if they had evidence that other people had committed the crime. Why would they, you know just go to fabricate the case on me. Like, so yeah, it it was, it was, it was kind of crazy, you know, when I, when, when you think about it.
0: Mm. So, so when y'all think about this particular case and all the other cases of wrongful convicted um, folks, how, where do we begin with and I and I know you talked about we need to go back and look at some of these cases that was happening in the 80s and all of that. And and I and I and I I agree with you. But where do where do we begin there? And and how involved can we get the community? Because you know, Dr. Macaulay, um the civilian review board became a thing, but um it's very hard to get people to serve on a civilian review board. Mm-hmm. It is very time consuming and it's not often like you see on TV where it's exciting work and it's like Eureka. And it's, it's tedious and time-consuming uh, commitment.
3: Uh, to answer that, I think the reason it becomes tedious and time-consuming is that when you get the Civilian Review Board, it has to go through a million different hoops to try to get um, evidence that to some degree is hidden. Um, it's not easily available. Mm. Um, it's not openly discussed. So maybe maybe a Civilian Review Board looks at it in a way well. I may have a better connection with the um, community, but it's not there to do it do a job or create a relationship the police don't have. The reality is sometimes they're there to hold the police accountable for particular things that have happened with, within the community and to see is if the if their specific chain of command has been followed. And so the reality is work really that makes it difficult. Um I think I think a part of this is really about how the power of, of policing becomes something that's like a fearful or a prophecy saying that I'm making certain mandates and using power in a very um, erroneous way to set a precedent, to keep people fearful and have this divisive relationship. And so the reality is when you see a rush for judgment, like who's involved, like reality, when they make mistakes, then they know that they may have set a precedent for 20 or 30 other cases that are, that have been convicted. So their track record goes, goes under file. And that becomes that problem. So someone is protecting their legacy of career while also using innocent people to make their case. And I think that's the unfortunate reality.
0: And so how do we talk about this in community? Malik, what would you like to see happen? James, Gita, what would you like to see happen in community? And and how do we prevent uh, another um, m- m- Malik from happening? And I know there's people sitting in prison right now who are waiting for their turn be exonerated like I I know that you know that we know that how do but how do we how do we create a system where this does not continue to happen
5: go ahead James you can take it first all
7: right um I I I think one in well one I think that um it it it, it's um you I can say something but then the re, the i'm I, 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 i'm kind of struggling with the reality of what is right so like don what don just laid out so when you look at um new haven for example um uh chokyo the detective in malice case he uh suppressed evidence and he's then made the state's chief investigator right so he's promoted right uh uh rauchy the the detective in Scott Lewis's case he had 14 internal fear investigations that he was cleared on all 14 of them and then he was indicted by the feds of the drug kingpin <laughs> right so let let let's so let these are the internal issues that when when Don talks about how a review board is 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 ultimately turned into a paper tiger because you can't get his files they're not turning over. Uh, you, you. How do you? The, the, there's no cooperation from, 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 that wall, that blue wall, to, to bring down their own, right? Because it's, 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 it, it's a system. So when, when, when corruption becomes institutionalized, it is the system. And so now you're talking about, uh, judges who allow this to happen in court, not just the prosecutors, but the judges who, who know law, who know that what was happening was illegal, allowed it to happen, ruled on it, uh. And then prosecutors who become judges, and, and and from that, and 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 they have a legacy now, and they're they're rooted in corruption. This is a system, so we're talking about pulling a string that pulls at the entire system. Community has to be willing to support that. It can't, you know, what I mean, like a community has to be willing to demand and support that, or else it doesn't get done. It it can't be a handful of people to really do that big of a lift. We have to do the list. Like it has to be all of us.
5: Malik? Mm. Yeah, um just to really piggyback on what he was saying, I mean, I mean we see that, you know, the police or, you know, the state trying to investigate themselves, that really don't get us anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> We've been having this problem for the longest. You know what I mean? And 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 it seems like nothing has changed. But I also agree that, you know, the community you know, we we have to stop becoming, you know, comfortable. You know, with or or just becoming immune to to stuff like this when it happens. Like, you know, like like we're normalizing this, and you know, normalizing this stuff. People's lives are being affected by this, and um, yeah, we need to have like, you know, our our, our public officials, man. We need some type of uh, uh, of oversight. You know, what I mean that that that's really gonna do something to make a difference because. You know this this thing has been going on. It's, it's it's been perpetual. You know what I mean? Especially when you look at New Haven in in general. Like when you look at all of the um, you know, the cases that have been exonerated. You know, more than fifty percent of them are out of New Haven. That has to tell you something out of the entire state. You know what I mean? So that's an issue that that you know we we have to reckon with. You know, and hopefully, you know, moving forward, something can be done to 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 really, really, really address this. You mm-hmm. know what
0: I mean? And so, so, and so, do you have conversation with the legislative leadership, like the, the the folks that sort of you know put money in the in the in in cities and towns and municipalities? Do you have those conversations with with le- legislative leadership about this is problematic and this has to be uh, looked into? I mean, do you do you, I mean, do you start there? Where do you start? Where do we start with trying to uh, make some inroads in this? I mean, I you telling your story and being very present is uh, goes a long way with people sort of seeing you and knowing your story Um, you know uh, but what, what else can be done um, uh, from, from all the places where we can attack this issue?
5: Well, you hit on it. (laughs) I mean, uh, like, I don't have conversations with legislators, uh, uh, you know, I would I would like to, but I know that there are brothers out there like James and, you know, brother uh, Racy, And so now a lot of other brothers out there that's doing a lot of, you know, positive work out there that, um you know, they've been to the Capitol, you know, what I mean, and they've, you know, been around in those circles to try to see if, you know, they can move the needle somehow. So hopefully they need support, you know what I mean, and hopefully the community and other people and other organizations can, you know, get behind them, you know,
3: in in that effort.
0: Uh, so Don,
3: I'd say the same thing. Um, I mean, the reality is that for us going into a political season now, um, you think about how politicians prioritize um their platforms and recognizing that, um. Politics should at, it, at, its, at its least recognize that this is what's happening in particular communities and, and using politics to reaffirm humanity. You see those that are doing humanity work are not the politicians, they're the advocates um, that are not at the state. Um, there are these institutions that are, what are the third arm of government in the state, Yukon or Yale, in terms of having these particular initiatives, but actually a politician standing on these realities of saying, how do we remend the harm that we've done Um, And not just use it as isolated situations where it's like, oh, let's close a prison. Um, Let's get rid of a particular protocol in a prison. Um, And so, like, let's think about it at a a more macro level, what's happening um, with all our prison systems, what's happening, um, how we're policing it. Because it happens happens across different places. But because we have particular small municipalities and small political spaces, that, that what becomes a priority for New Haven may not be a priority for Guilford. But the reality mm. is that we are collectively together. And so when we want individuals to be advocates for their issues, when our issues come, they just they seem to go on deaf ears.
0: Mm-hmm. So, James, Jeter, is there an organizing body? Are you are you organizing yeah. a body of folks?
7: Yeah. Um, the Full Citizens Coalition, uh, we you know, we we move on the theory and ideology of community equity um but, but because now I start with i say equity because equity starts with power right and so um and people you know they people have a definition of power uh that is pretty perverse so when you say power all they think about is their own perverse definition when you think of institutions, so they you know it, it causes them to to cringe. they don't want to give you power but ultimately power for us is the ability to create our own equity um and when you and when you talk about the political, you know the the political moves, uh, it, it's created its own algorithm that is absent that is absent of us, so that so it, it doesn't move according to it too. It's it's designed, it's it's, it's designed purpose, right? Um, this is a country that was started, you know the, the 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 beginning of the constitution is we the people, right? And so uh, uh, the, 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 our countries. Uh, uh, saying for hundreds of years was e pluribus unum, from many one, right? So these are the things that, that this country will be rooted in, which means that government comes from the people. That's not the case anymore. Um, we 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 push voting rights uh, for, for the coalitions. We, we harp on voting rights, um, not from the point of going out to support any candidate, but understanding how a community has the ability to build equities. Like right now in the political season, um, and especially when in the, the legislative season, it's a short session. Short sessions are extremely conservative because it on the heels of short session is every, every legislator's reelection. And so they play everything tight to the vest. They play tight to the vest because they don't, they don't want any anomaly to harm their ability to stay in office. And so you won't get a, you won't get legislation to help us pass in a short session. It won't happen unless you can prove to them that come November, they won't have a job anymore. And so the theories of how these athletes work for us is lost in our communities. And so that's why I'm saying community has to get behind this because our communities have completely checked out on this process. A Hartford-New Haven bridge for, you know, less than 20% of the voting uh, population determines who your mayor, council, aldermen and border edits. And those numbers shrink around each one. And if you even want to get more particular, your mayor's decided in those three cities in the primary. So you're talking about five to seven percent of your voting population, right? Determines who you, who who's gonna run your city. So these are things that we we've checked out of and then we believe it doesn't work, but it's working for somebody. It's working for very small populations of community, it's working for sub for suburban uh fear relief like the way that we're police eases the fear of the suburbs the way that we're incarcerated makes them feel safe about laying down at night right because they believe in the arm of the state the police are an arm of the state they are the part that you surrender your violence to right and so they're comfortable with that they're comfortable with with a lot that we can't be comfortable with we're complacent in but we're not comfortable with it. No one's comfortable with how our communities are in, the lack of employment, the lack of housing, all the things that make going outside and taking penitentiary chances look attractive, right? We're not comfortable with any of it, but we're complacent in it. But the, the day we stop being complacent and we understand that, oh, this is, these these these, these uh, Connecticut cities are chocolate. They're chocolate and brown. Like these is our cities and we can run them and we can change the political landscape then we can change police departments. We can make them actually work in a way that is productive for our communities and not harmful. We can, but that's a, that, that's, a, that's, that's a complete mind transformation that I don't think we're in a generation that has the patience for it because it didn't happen overnight. It took, you know, 50 years to bring us to a certain place. I don't think it takes 50 to get us out of it. I think it takes a, a few it's a few years for to really come to the realization to see the fruit of what this can look like, um, and I, I guess you know, not I guess the work is how do we how do we constantly build and strategize to bring that the, the new thought process to community because it takes a complete transformation of the mind and our in our communities. It's not about these politicians it's because they're they're elected, which means they can be unelected. You know they 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 are all for a registration drives. they necessarily for new voters, but they can't predict what they what they're gonna do right and so but, but so we have more power than we realize in making sure that there are no more Malik, that there are no more Malik Jones cases we just it, it's so rooted in community and not in their hands, and we have to come back to that reality that you know we can protest or we can unelect or we can do both mm hmm So Malik Jones,
0: oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jay. No, 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 no. I I talked more than enough. Please. No, no, no. This is ready. Everybody got to talk. So, uh, so, 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 Malik, when you hear that, after spending 31 years and you're out now, uh, how connected do you stay to this struggle, to this fight, to this awareness raising? No one, no one would fault you if you said, you know what, I like to go quietly and live my life and do what I want to do because I've I've paid enough. Um, I mean, where are you in, in, in that, in that space?
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, yeah, it would be easy to do that, but you know, so much of my life has been, you know, uh, 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 uh surrounded by, you know, what, what's, what's been going on that I don't know if I could just walk away like that. You know what I mean? Like my, my, my life has been impacted by this. And, I had brothers like James and other brothers who actually was out there on the ground, you know what I mean, fighting for me too, you know what I mean, fighting with me, you know what I mean, like they didn't fight for me, they fought with me, you know what I mean, and I think that I owe it, you know, not not just to myself, but to them, you know what I mean, to, to see this through. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to see nobody go through what I went through. You know what I mean? It, it, it you know, they say that nobody knows the burden like he who carries it. You know what I mean? So it, it's just been a long, arduous struggle, but, um, I'm around for these brothers because they were around for me. So, you know, however they need me, you know what I mean? To put my face on whatever's going on, I'm around. Mm.
0: That's a, that's a real commitment. Um, considering that you've already paid a heavy price and, uh, uh, I I think there's a great deal of value in people sort of seeing you in connection to your story, um, but I also understand if you would say, you know what, I, okay, I've done enough here, and let me go live out the rest of my days doing peace and quiet kind of stuff. Yeah,
5: I'm I'm gonna do that too, you know, <laughs> you know, but I'm I'm gonna spread myself, you know, the best way that I can, you you know what I mean. If there's if, if there's a way that I can be around for them I'm, I'm I'm gonna do that you know what I mean because they they definitely were around for me you
0: know what I mean thank you so so where do we so where do we go from here gentlemen where do we start where do you where do you what do you what do you want to see happen from this point on I know you're already out there talking to people I know that you know you've had a forum I was at your forum. <laughs> I know that um, you, you're you working in community or doing your best to work in community. What needs to happen next? Is there, is there a plan um, that is an overarching plan that you can bring to the community? Is there, is there a meetup where we could come and like hear more like, well, like what, like what's happening?
7: All of that. Um, I, I, it's happening. I think it's, it has to happen in a way where right now we can't really talk too much on it because <laughs> No, seriously, like I mean we we're strategizing. We're strategizing on um on a lot, uh, to, to, to really bring more awareness and not you know, and some in some stuff beyond awareness, like a reckoning. And um that, that has to be close to the vest until it's time. So um but we we you know, uh, we're outside um around our voting rights stuff on a regular basis. We're we're canvassing and we're talking in halfway houses and we're talking on college campuses about a a, a new theory of how we, we, we can actually build equity for our communities. But, uh, but, but these issues to me aren't, aren't unrelated. They're not unrelated at all um, because it's a power vacuum and and we're losing in that. Um, But we're also like, this is a state issue and how do you go after Goliath? You know, you can't just, go after him, head up with a sword and, and with, you know, this, this, this heavy armor, you got to take it off and find five smooth stones. So,
0: (laughs) you know. (laughs) Okay. I like the biblical reference. I like it. I like it. That's a good story. So, all right. So you're strategizing. Um, There's a lot of things on the plate because you cannot talk about one thing. I mean, you just can't just talk about uh, uh, Malik Jones situation without talking about voters rights. And, and and voter registration and voter disenfranchisement you can't talk about voter disenfranchisement if you don't talk about educational access and you can't talk about educational access if you're not talking about housing and if you're talking about housing then you better be talking about health equity and health access you know what i mean so there's like there there is a whole lot on these plates that make up our community um where um, sometimes it can feel a bit overwhelming to tackle some of these things.
7: Yeah, yeah. I, I think first thing first is we got we 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 just supporting um, Malik in the immediate to make sure that you know
0: okay.
7: the the state one just submits that they that they 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 own this and let it go. Um, that he doesn't have to sit with something lingering over his head at this point, you know when the federal the federal government has gotten involved and has cleared him, has shown that there has been an atrocity that's taken place uh with his uh his case.
0: So I would imagine, uh, Malik that um uh, once you know, we'll know uh where the state is moving. Uh, James and Donald, can we be proactive with pressing the state um on this matter? Like or do we just wait for them to sort of Say whatever it is they're going to say or not say.
3: Uh, I would say that you can attempt
0: to, press, to press the state. Press the
3: state
0: uh, uh, I think, Malik, you're going to have to shut off one of your devices. <laughs> yeah, I'm just was trying to get this joint to work the best way I could. <laughs> you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. doing a good job. We got about
3: two I minutes say, left. Go ahead. Got it. I would say to, to, to press the state, um, I mean, you can still bring the issue to them. So I think that there's going to be opportunities and forums to address those particular concerns. Um, it's really the entry point. So again, they figure who, who, the best way to like strategically think about this, is like who who's who's interested and who's not interested and constituents. So I, I think in a large position, position, where you think about the state, what are their particular concerns right now? Who would be interested? And so the reality is that if you're not going to get them to move it on a cycle, uh, you still continue to follow the the stories, follow the documentaries, put out as much content, and kind of just kind of flood the space um, with this information. Because as it becomes part of a, la- a large national agenda, it's always that how does it trickle down? Mm-hmm. So someone has a na- on a national agenda, maybe thinking specifically about Chicago, or or Louisiana. So they may not see Connecticut as a larger issue. So however it happens, whoever's funding it privately and publicly, you have to recognize that at the federal level, those funds are not equally dispersed. It's equally dispersed among those constituents that that have advocated for or have favors for it. So I think that that becomes a hard issue where it's saying, like, well, how does that come down to us at the state level? And saying, even though it's a federal conversation and it's on a state platform or a federal platform, how does that reform come down to a policies when municipalities operate as a, like their own sovereign space? So I think it's it's like James, it's, it's strategic in, in understanding where are the particular points of pressure to push on versus trying to say, okay, we can you can make noise about it, but it ha it has to it has to have a landing ground in a in a nice yeah. way.
0: Okay. Well, I so appreciate the the time that y'all took with me this morning to come and talk about uh Mr. Jones and, and the strategy and what is going on and raising awareness around wrongfully convicted folks. Uh, I will invite you back. I want you to come back. I want you to consider this a platform that y'all can use um, to get the word out and to raise awareness and to call to action. So feel free to just you know hit me up and let me know when you wanna come back on, talk some more about this. Look forward Thank you. It. Thank you too. Thank you. And it's good to see you, Mr. Mister, uh, Mister Malik Jones. It's good to see Likewise. you. Likewise. James Jeter, I know I'll see you. And uh, nephew Don McCauley, I know I'll see you shortly, too. So yeah. y'all take good care. Thank y'all. Uh, thank you. Take care.